So uh, he probably stole that from me, listened to one of my teeth, right. <laughs> but uh, but it, was, it, it, it was just encouraging to me. But uh, if you happen to look it up on YouTube, it's a really great teaching. All right, Matthew 6, 9 to 13. Pray then like this, our Father in heaven, holy is your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And if you grew up in the church that I grew up in, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. God's will is that we be a people that declares that God is our Father. Uh, and if you didn't listen to last week or you missed last week, I really encourage you to go out on Facebook and listen to it because it was a prophetic word that God gave me and, and then he told me to teach into it and gave me what I was supposed to say to expand it. But it's, I thought it was pretty good and I can say that because it was basically God. So God's will is that we become a people that declares that God is our Father. And, and, and I fully, look, I fully understand that that can be difficult for some folks. That was extremely difficult for me for a while. That if he was like my natural father, what's so cool about it? Now, I love my father, and my father loved me, but there were just some things, okay? And... So you, you got to get a hold of who he is, our Father. And then we need to pray that his name be holy. Now, we're not praying that his name be holy in the sense that it's not holy. We're praying that people would see his name as holy. And what usually happens when you run into a really holy thing? What's the 4 and 20 elders do? And we pray that his kingdom comes. We're to be used by God to do whatever he wants us to do, to bring his kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. That he wants his kingdom to be here, okay? But we're to pray and then respond. And then pray that his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's God's will. That's part of God's will. So I want to make a few points before I get into verse 11. Remember from two weeks ago that there's two types of God's will. There, I won't use the theological stuff because I forgot what it was anyway, but there's the secret will of God. And the secret will is what God proclaims and it will come to pass. Creation. He proclaimed everything into, in, into being, and it came to pass. He, he, he proclaimed man and woman, and it came to pass. He proclaimed cr uh, the cross, and it came to pass. He proclaimed the gospel, and it goes forth, and so forth. And then the revealed will of God is where we follow his commandments and not sin. That's the one that always doesn't work out because sometimes we do things like gossip or we covet or we lie or 
or we hate somebody and, or we don't forgive or we steal. I'm just naming things I'm gu- I've been guilty of in the past, okay? Second point I wanted to make. The Westminster Shorter Catechism says this, and it's really important to grasp and to hang on because it's part of God's will for our lives. The chief in the man and woman is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. Did you hear that last part? Enjoy him forever. See, when we glorify God, there's something that happens. Joy pours into our spirit. Have you noticed that? I mean, when you're you're worshiping, when you're done worshiping or done praying, do you then go, oh, man, that was hard, and and I just feel really... No, there's joy. There's there's this feeling of of, of being connected to God, and and especially in prayer. Remember, I kind of try to use the 80-20 rule, 20% talking, 80% listening. Let me tell you something. God has a whole lot to say to you. And if you're constantly talking in prayer, it's where a lot of the prophetic come from. Number three, remember in the past we've talked about this acronym ACTS, which stands for prayer, which is adorations, uh, um, confession, thanksgiving, and supplication. And intercession is part of supplication. I believe that you find all four of these in the model prayer. Adoration, you find it in our Father. And then, hallowed, hallowed be your name, or holy be your name. Confession, forgive us our debts and trespasses, which we'll get to. Thanksgiving, now this one's a little shady, but I think it's implied in give us this day our daily bread. Because when we get our daily bread, we're going to be thankful. But regardless, it's mentioned in many other places in the Bible. And then supplication is give us this day our daily bread. And the part that says, lead us not into temptation. And the fourth thing, it's important to note, I think it's really important to understand that through this model prayer, God is giving us a significant order on how we are to pray and what we are to pray about. It's all part of his will. And this can really bother people God's interests first and our interests second. Our greatest joy comes when we put God first, when we center our life upon Jesus, and when we follow Holy Spirit. Because we're not going to be focused on our issues. We're not going to be focused on... You think there's any... Depressing stuff going on in the world today? Raise your hand. Is there any? I'm the only one that thinks that, okay? But when we're focusing upon the Lord and glorifying his name and enjoying him forever as the Westminster Confession goes, we're going to be filled with joy. 
I mean, we see it in the Old Testament in Proverbs 2. Here's a summary, okay? This is not a word for word, this is a summary. As we receive his words, as we treasure up his commandments, are attentive to his wisdom, and seek him for understanding, he will meet with us and give to us understanding like silver, understanding the fear of the Lord, knowledge, wisdom, and protection. And all of these things, as he gives those to us, leads to joy. See, when we understand that he is for us, and because he is for us, nothing can be against us. Yeah, I understand there's things against us. There's this idiot called Slewfoot and his minions and so forth that are against us and people in the world. But when we understand that God is for us, say, say this out loud with vim and vigor. God is for me. God is for me. Now, your assignment is to say it, not right now, until you believe it. Because I have to admit, I'll, I'll admit, okay? There's sometimes I say that and I go, but then I go, yeah, he's for me. He really is for me. There is nobody, I mean, my amazing bride is so for me and so cares about me that I am humbled and I, and I go, God, I don't deserve this. But you know something? As much as she is for me, it doesn't touch what he is for me. And, and then another example is what we're going through in the New Testament in the model prayer, Matthew 6, a summary. As we honor him as our father, praying that his name would be seen as holy, praying that his kingdom comes, praying that his will be done, he will meet with us and give us bread, forgiveness, and deliverance, which also leads to joy. I don't know about you, but when I sit down and there's this amazing steak sitting before me, I feel pretty good. I even feel pretty good with spiced tongue and brain sandwiches. Okay, who has never eaten a brain sandwich? Be honest. Okay, so you cannot complain about it because you have no idea. But if you want to do it, we're going to go, we can, I'll take you down and I'll buy one for you down at the, the place downtown. <laughs> huh? They don't do it anymore? And the new owner doesn't do it? I know a place in Higby, Missouri we can go. My mother made a mean brain sandwich. It was so good. Eating what? I don't even know what that is. Oh, okay. Well, I, where I grew up, we might have. <laughs> but I wouldn't have recognized it. But... So, so what's going on? But this message of God first and, and us second is, is throughout the Bible. A.W. Pink, who was an early 20th century Bible scholar, said this. He, he, he's written some pretty good stuff. The fact that our Lord placed three petitions that relate directly to God's legitimate interests first should sufficiently indicate to us that we must labor in prayer to promote the manifest glory of God to advance his kingdom and do his will before we are permitted to supplicate for our own needs. 
And the reason for it is, is not that our God is a megalomaniac. He's not a narcissist. But he knows how we were created. And he knows what brings us joy. And our enemy and our flesh and the world are constantly trying to keep us from walking into real joy. Have you ever noticed that people who are proclaiming this or proclaiming that, all the different social things out there and so forth, that don't know the Lord, that they aren't just angry? They're miserable. I mean, they are. Just, just watch them. Listen to them. But we have the joy of the Lord, which is found as we do his will. I'm not saying that supplication is not important because it is because our Father wants us to ask him for our needs. It's just that Jesus wants us to seek the Father first. He, he, he wants us to honor the Father, to honor our God, to promote the kingdom of God, to glorify God and enjoy him forever, which all brings great joy to our hearts. So let's get into Matthew 6, 11. Give us this day our daily bread, or as it says in the New Living Translation, give us, to us today the food we need. Now it's interesting. So it says, as I was studying this, some of the places I looked, not all of them, but some of the places I looked, indicated that many Jews take the word bread generically. In other words, they take it, some do, to mean not only food, but drink, but shelter, and clothing. The basic needs that we need to go through life. So, maybe it is, maybe it isn't. But I just thought I'd point that out. But I find it very interesting that the very first petition that starts dealing with our needs is about food. It's not about our soul. It's not about our spirit. It's about food. It's not about spiritual needs. It's about natural needs. It appears to me, in my opinion, that Jesus understood the importance of the practical of how we are. See, the, the truth is, if our well-being, if our, our physical needs are not met, then it's going to be hard for us to pursue our spiritual needs. Now, there's exa exceptions to that when God leads you into a 40-day fast. Do you agree that when we're hungry, it can be a little bit more difficult to, to focus on our God for the average person? And it's the same way if we're cold, or, or if we don't have shelter, or if we don't have drink or adequate clothing. 
Who here, when you're in a quiet time, has been distracted? If you, you know, how much are you more are you distracted when you are in the middle of a fast? Sugar plums and steaks dancing through your brain. Don't you love it? When you're in the middle of a fast and a friend calls up and says, hey, I'm going to the steakhouse. You want to go? <laughs> yeah, my treat. Well, I'm going to tell you something about my head shop in a second. To tell you, maybe you just take a break and go back. But Maheshavda was in the middle of a 40-day fast. And potato chips started dancing through his head. And it danced so hard and so much that he went out and bought a big bag of potato chips, ate them, and then went back on his 40-day fast. No condemnation there at all. But it's who we are. We, we, we need bread to remain strong and alert. I mean, don't you agree with that? And Jesus, I think, graciously takes this into consideration. If we are weak from hunger, we may not only be distracted, we may also be too weak to perform the things that God wants us to do, especially if they require physical exertion. You know, Terry and Sarah are in the midst of a 40-day fast. And on the 27th day, Candy calls them up and says, I need my refrigerator moved. not going to be an easy thing to do. Okay? But see, this is where the wisdom of God comes up because maybe that's part of the reason that when uh, God talks about fasting, he talks about prayer, too. Because it takes a whole lot less energy to pray when you're fasting than it does to do some kind of physical exertion. So, you know, just something to think about. Just, just thoughts, that random thoughts that pop out of my mind from time to time. And also give you insight on how to pray for my wife. See, when we ask for the da our daily bread, what we're saying is, God, I am dependent upon you. Even for the basis of my needs. See, this petition is so good for us to pray. Why? Because we in this country are really kind of wealthy. We, we, we really are. And because of that wealth, sometimes we can easily forget who provided what. I mean, you know, I, 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 get, I get up in the morning, I go to work, and I earn the money. And I can go to work and I got this job because I went to college. And because I did this and I did this and I did whatever and I did all this, so give me a break. It's because of how God has gifted you and he's, what he's given you the ability to do. See, in this country we often buy enough food for a, week's, a few weeks to come or at least have enough food on hand. Sometimes I wonder if that's a blessing. What in the world am I talking about? 
Because sometimes we can become confused on who provided it, who takes care of our needs, us or God. See, we're taught from the moment we pop out of the womb that it's all about us and being self-sufficient. I was. Go for the gusto. Just do it. Be all that you can be. You can be president. Why anybody wants to be president is beyond me, but that's why we need to pray. Give us this day our daily bread. Because we need to have a paradigm shift. Our, our mind needs to be renewed. Maybe, just maybe, when we recognize that, our, that we are dependent upon our God for our daily needs, and thanksgiving will flow from us more easily. Which I think is really, really important. Here's a thought. Maybe those in poverty rely more on God to provide what they can. I mean, it is, is it possible that living in poverty conditions maybe create people who are more thankful because of what they prayerfully and miraculously received? Just something to think about. When we pray this prayer, give us this daily bread, we're in some ways imitating Solomon in Proverbs 30, verses 8 and 9. Remove far from me falsehood and lying. Give me neither poverty nor riches. Feed me with the food that is needful for me, lest I be full and deny you and say, Who is the Lord? Or lest I be poor and steal and profane the name of my God. Something to think about. See, our Father knows exactly what each one of us needs. And it's probably different than what some other people need. You know? Some of you don't need spiced tongue. It's delicious. You ought to try it. Oxtail soup. Probably never had that either, right? It's good stuff. Liver? No, thank you. God knows what we need. And God will provide what we need. Why? So that we can accomplish what he has called us to do. The things to do his will. The things in the model prayer. The prophetic word that I shared last week. Now, don't freak out. I'm not saying don't save or prepare for the future. I'm not saying that at all, but I do believe that if we aren't careful and we start relying too much on ourselves and thinking we're, we're the reason that we have the blessings we have, then we might walk a little too close to the person with the barns that Jesus rebuked in Luke 12. And he said, I will do this. I will tear down my barns and build larger ones. And there I will store all my grain and my goods. And I will say to my soul, soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, be merry. But God said to him, fool, this night your soul is required of you and the things you have prepared whose will they be. So is the one who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich towards God. 
Again, I'm not saying something to make you freak out. I'm just saying, let us look at God and thank him for what we have because he's the one that provided it. He provides everything we need. That's the Father that we serve. That's the God we serve. Our job is simply to follow the Holy Spirit and do what he tells us to do. Pray and give us this day our daily bread. See, there's nothing wrong with wealth if you use it for what God, for the reason God gave it to you. It's not to just accumulate. I'm debating with God whether to tell you a story or not. I have a hard time telling about things that I do. You guys know me. Several years ago, when we were not doing as well financially here as we were, I, ma I made the decision, Chris and I made the decision that I would cover our expense account. And my expense account that I have here with the church. And when I started doing it, Two months later, money started coming in I wasn't expecting. It was twice what I was paying to do covering the, the whatchamacallit. That's our God. Okay? Now, I, I believe that when we honor him and we go after the things that he wants us to go after, he will take care of us. Now, will it be twice as much? Will it be this or that? I don't know what it'll be, but I know the main ingredient that'll be in the midst of it will be joy. And he will take care of us. He will take care of us. The key is don't give glory to ourselves. You know, Chris and I did what we did because we prayed and God said, do it. Okay, we're going to do it. If God hadn't pr told us to do it, we wouldn't have done it. But he knew the bigger picture. As I look around the room here, I see people that have some amazing God-given abilities and gifts. The key is they're God-given. Everything belongs to God. He created it all. And yet, he is so amazing because he gives us everything we need and oftentimes more than we need. Everything we have is a great gift from God. James 1.17 Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above coming down from the Father of lights. God loves to give to his children. He loves to bless his children. He loves to answer the prayer, give us this day our daily bread. He, he just loves it. But one of the reasons we pray that is because it also reminds us of our frailty, that we need bread, that we need these things, basic things, that we need housing, that we need uh, drink, that we need 
clothing. It's one of the reasons I think God calls us to fast, so that we can even put our food and everything we need in submission to God. So that we don't make those things a God, little g. He wants us, wants to provide us everything we need to live in this world. In effect, as we pray this prayer, Matthew 6, 11, and this is Gary's Amplified Version, it's saying this. Father, I ask that you provide me everything I need. I ask that you provide, provide me the food, drink, shelter, clothing, everything that I need to live life in this world, to serve you, my Father, to live in your kingdom, and to carry out your will. He always wants us to understand where everything comes from. Because in there is joy. In there is free. Again, I want to say he's not a megalomaniac. He's not a narcissist. He doesn't have this huge ego. He just knows who we are. And he wants us to be people of joy. He wants us to do what he's calling to because he's so looking forward to when you spent your in, 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 with him in eternity in heaven and he blesses you with rewards. That's his heart. See, he could do it all by himself, but he chooses to use us. He chooses to bless us. That's how much he loves us. Matthew 6, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. And I think these things are what we eat, need for eating, eating, drinking, wearing in the shelter we live in. So I want to make one last point. We pray, give us this day our daily bread. We don't pray, give us this week, give us this month, give us this year, give us our life. I believe God is telling us he wants us to live each and every day in total dependence upon him. That's why I think First, First Thessalonians five seventeen is there. Pray without ceasing. When we get in a car, we should pray for safety. When we go down the road, we should, when we take a walk, we should pray for for God's will be done that we might find somebody, run into somebody that we can share with. I mean, constantly praying that he would be lifted up and glorified. And not just depending, but humbly trusting him for all our needs. It's not, it's not what you have stored up that is important, or what you have, because on any set day, those could disappear because of a whole host of reasons. Theft, sickness, accident, government, did I say that? War, fire, moth, stock market crash, tornado, fire, whatever. It's about the fact that he provides all we need and we're to trust him for our living each day, day by day. And again, I'm not saying don't prepare for the future, 
Don't prepare for emergencies. What I'm saying is depend on him. Seek him. What's he want you to do? Because he will provide for you. If you're his child, don't worry about it. He's going to take care of you. He may tell you to do this or do that. To prepare. To have this ready. I mean, you know, I'm in a place where there's certain medication I have to take for my heart. And my heart doctor has told me that if I stop taking them, he doesn't guarantee the results. The pharmacist back there is shaking her head, yes. Okay? So I know where those things are if I need them, and I need to grab them to go. Now, is that not, is that not having faith in God that he's going to heal me? But, you know, if the fire came, separated me from them, and, and they were all destroyed, and I couldn't get any more, you know what? My God will take care of me. He will. He provides for us in various ways, directly, in, in miraculous ways. I mean, I've heard so many testimonies in my life about how God just provided this or that or the other thing. I remember a testimony of a young woman in the early days up at Christian Fellowship. And, and she was in tears because she was about to lose her car, which she needed to get to her job. And when she went in to talk to him, I said, no, ma'am, somebody paid for it. She never did find out who did it. I suspect it was somebody in the church that knew about it, you know? I mean, it just God just takes care of us. But we have jobs. See, and we have all things in common. That's what it says for the church. And many, any number of other ways. The worship team wants to come back up. So let's do God's will. And, and simply pray, Lord, Father, God, give us this day our daily bread. Trusting that our Father will provide us all that we need for today so that we can be who he has called us to be, honoring our Father, holding up his name as holy, living in his kingdom, and doing his will as we pray for all these things to come to pass here on earth. I guess if I could sum up what I'm saying is that God is our Father and Jesus is our Lord and Holy Spirit will lead us and guide us and that they have enough love for us that they won't go, oh, Gary's in trouble, too bad. They'll go, no, this is what he needs. Let's get it for him. Because he's a good God. He's an amazing Father. And Jesus is the Lord of lords and the King of kings. He went to the cross for us. He, he suffered this brutal stuff, mocking, he, you know, having this crown of thorns jammed on his head, 39 lashes on his back, people laughing at him, yelling, crucify him, crucify him. And he did that for each one of us. 
You don't think he'd find a hot dog for us? Okay. I'd rather have a brain sandwich, but I'm saying hot dog for you guys. My mother made such good brain sandwiches. Take the brain, mix it with eggs, mix it with eggs, add some garlic. Oh, it was good. So good. What? Okay, peanut butter sandwiches. But God will protect us. He'll take care of us. Now, he may not do it like you think he should do it. You know, I'd rather have a filet mignon. Anybody here disagree with that? So you may get a brain sandwich. But if you're hungry, it'll taste pretty good. It will taste very good. I'm not going to tell the story of my wife and my mother and brain sandwiches. But if you want to hear a funny story, ask her about it. The point is, God wants to take care of us. Will we let him? Will we let him? I think the answer is yes. But he's this amazing father. And he'll, he'll take care of us in, in, in when things are going well, but he'll take care of us when things aren't going so well. But he may tell us to do some things before things don't go so well, and that's how he takes care of us. Who knows? I can't predict God. But I know he'll take care of me. And I know he loves me. Amen? Let's stand.